0: Damn son, where'd you find this? Hey, yes sir, back. We got a drop. That's that's kinda like an intro, right? Kinda, sorta. But uh I'm just playing around. That's that's not the intro. Um intro not gonna be done until I get back from Vegas. Uh so yeah like two more, like one more episode. After the next episode, there's gonna be an intro. But for right now, you know how we do. I'm thugging it, like always. You heard me? uh, Man, 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 man. When I made a podcast, I always envisioned just me coming in here and getting sick shit off for shits and giggles. And uh, this, this is the first time that I realized that I'm going to have to come in here and talk about serious situations um, for the most part. I just want to teach uh, and push it out there that I feel like a shortened version of some shit that I read or some shit that I learned through. Put it out to y'all in the, in the layman's terms and the way y'all can understand it uh, from me speaking it and instead of, you know, very technical in book terms. Um, that's about as deep as I wanted to get, uh, on here, but, uh, over the last few, few days, really few weeks, um, it's come to a realization that uh, I'm not going to be able to do that all the time, and sometimes I'm going to have to get on here and really think shit out, and, um. give y'all opinions on, on on shit that's really mattering, shit that's going on. And and uh, <laughs> I don't know man. It's this gonna be a, a very somber podcast. Uh, I'm in here alone so some of this stuff is gonna be uh, it's gonna be a lot of us and and stuff like that. Me just thinking through it. Usually, I told y'all, um, I just get up and wake up and and get to it. I just turn the mic on and record. No thought, no pressure, ain't no pressure. But this this time, I don't have no choice but to think. Uh, there's a lot of pressure going on uh, about what I'm gonna say. Um, it probably should have been thought out more, but uh, I feel like my stance on it, uh. Maybe not the most popular, or whatever. But I feel like it's nothing. Uh, it's it's the stands that need to be heard. It's it's things that need to be said. So I'm gonna go ahead and get get straight to the business. I mean, it's no sense of poking around it, man. Rest in peace, George Floyd, and uh, also rest in peace of my Um, I didn't say. Nothing at all about that in the last last podcast, but in the last podcast, I was in the days too. Um, I had just got the news my cousin had died. Um, rest in peace, Robert Gould. So I really did that podcast to uh, to release release some stress off myself. Um, I didn't say nothing about it last podcast because I like to let shit breathe. Especially shit like that um, I don't put none of that shit on my social media Because people don't care about that shit I mean a few will But for the most part people don't care So I have talks with people around me People that uh, know my guy People that love my guy And people that I know and love And we leave it at that uh, no, no shame to nobody who do grieve in a different way uh, That's just not, not for me um but let me get into this George Floyd situation because it this this shit is is getting out of hand it's it's getting out of control um uh i i've we've seen quite a lot of these a lot of these and uh the first one that i can remember And maybe this one's not a cop one, but the first one that really affected me was the Trayvon Martin situation. And that happened in 2012. In 2012, I had to be, what am I, 2023 now? It's 2020. So eight years. Fuck, what's the math on that? 15. So I was 15 at the time. Um that really affected me. You know, uh, I didn't want to be walking around late at night. Um I didn't wear no hoodies for the longest and I won uh I really carried heavy for a while. And also the other incident that really affected me was Mike Brown in Ferguson. Obviously, uh that was that was very tragic. That one was uh, officer shooting so yeah those two specifically um being in effect that they were so young and I was so young um, around their age at the time or maybe even their exact age um, those those two really affected me in a in a different way uh they hit different you know even as a young kid um, those deaths really Really hit me in another way. Um, I stopped watching the videos a long time ago. I don't want to see no videos and no black people dying. I don't watch no slave movies. Um, I can't do that shit. Um, that 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 type of shit wears on you. It's it's. I don't I don't like to say it's conditioning, but it can condition you to think of black people as Victims uh, and that's not what we are uh, That's that's we refuse to be victims uh, We we Often find ourselves in difficult circumstances difficult circumstances unfortunate circumstances, but we we Most of us refuse to play the victim role and uh, We got too much pride for that so all that being said, I don't watch the videos. I stay off the internet for the most part. I'm not real big on the internet. Um, I I happen to watch this this George Floyd video, and I gotta say, this this one is the most blatant and disgusting out of all the ones that I've seen. The the rest of them. You could have some type of an excuse, or there could be a little bit of a maybe, or there's an aura around it. Um, you don't know exactly what's going on. You can't say with one hundred percent certainty uh, if someone was in the wrong. But this one, this one is, this one is different. Uh, this is blatant. This is this is disgusting, and the fact um that there's there's three other people or three other officers sitting there just watching this shit is man it's it's hard to talk about uh you know it it, it gives me chills the video that I saw um I didn't see the mama quote I did see him say that he couldn't breathe I saw a dude sit there. I'm not going to say dude name, man. Fuck that dude, man. I'm not going to sit here and say that man name. But I seen him smirking. I seen the other officer, the Asian-looking officer. He knew, he knew that shit was out of line. He knew that shit was out of line. But he was in one of them situations where he was riding with the blue. He had to back his man's. and I understand that from a, a, a certain standpoint um, as far as I've had to back my mans before, but, man, not that foul. Not not when you talking about another person's life at stake. He, he could have intervened. The other dudes from the video I saw, they wasn't on camera or nothing. But this one... The, the video I saw was a screenshot of the video, and he was dying, obviously clearly dying, and the video was so long that the screenshot of the video sped it up about two minutes or three minutes, and he was still kneeling on this man's neck. Um... And at that point, I saw that the main video, not the of version, was about 10 minutes long. That shit. <sighs> for somebody to publicly die and have to go through a 10-minute execution on a concrete floor with another man's knee on his neck for a counterfeit 20 or uh They said he was intoxicated or some shit like that. Whatever the reason, man, ain't no reason. But the more things change, the more things stay the same. And unfortunately for us, or maybe fortunately, I don't know, um, we just seen these things unfold on camera. So the aftermath of this one, I feel like... um, Due to video and and due to the death and to the I'm trying to see how I can word this. Due to the outright blatantness, not blatantness, but due to the fact how blatant, outright the shit was, shit gotta burn. Shit gotta burn. Shit has to be fucked up. And I understand... uh, The whole violence is not the answer thing. But it's a breaking point. It's a breaking point. And this is a fucking breaking point if there has ever been one. Shit gotta burn, man. Uh, The CNN building, all that shit. Fuck that shit up. Now... During the midst of this, it's there's obviously been some casualties. Some of these people um happen to be black business owners, but and then also uh some niggas are out there just being ignorant and stealing from Gucci stores and shit. Those niggas are just goofy. Those niggas are out here looking for opportunities and and it's it's sad but there's always gonna be people like that. Um but yeah, some shit gotta fall. That CNN, that CNN building, fuck that shit up. We need to find the Fox building. They need to find uh, uh um. Some statues, something, something. Shit, violence is necessary. Violence is necessary. It can never be the end all, be all. But it does provide a means to an end. And obviously, the protesting don't get a lot of shit done. Niggas have been protesting for years. And the same shit keep happening over and over and over and over again. So, at some point, it it has to... There's a breaking point, And we have reached that breaking point. And the shit is so foul, like, We not, we don't, I don't, we don't give a fuck about no races, you feel me? We don't give a fuck about y'all niggas being racist. We don't give a fuck about white people being racist. We only care about how the situation is handled when it comes to the legal side of shit. Y'all can be racist all the fuck you want. I don't give a, a fuck, but if some bullshit happened to me, because somebody is racist and they happen to be a cop, we just want the shit handled adequately and ex- uh, expediently. Or is that, is that the word? I feel like expediently. No. Expeditiously. There you go. Shout out to T.I. We need this shit to be handled adequately and expeditiously. So, had they just arrested this this dude had they arrested dude uh, instead of firing him and trying to let shit be or trying to figure shit it's nothing to figure out there's nothing to figure out this shit is plain as day on camera for you to see there's nothing to go over the shit happened anywhere else if a, if a black man did it in the mall he'll be arrested at the scene and taken straight to jail now as far I'm seeing a lot on social media. Um, the talk seemed to be if you're not if you're neutral, then you're on the side of oppression. That's very touchy for me, because I under I under I one thousand percent understand the sentiment towards that. However, everybody is not cut out or the best person to be talking about shit, right? So I have a, a couple close white friends. <laughs> Two of them happen to be like some of the closest friends I got. I don't want them niggas to say nothing about this because that's not they bag. You feel me? But if we out and somebody is saying some racist shit to me, I know they gonna snap. I know I know what it is with them. But do I want them on the internet saying some shit about it? No, I don't. That's not that's not their place. That's not even my place. Right, you shouldn't ask people to do things that makes them feel uncomfortable. Let me not say uncomfortable. Let me say you shouldn't act to do things ask people to do things that's not within their character. Everything is not for everybody. And everybody shouldn't do everything. So if you posting some shit on social media, then who am I to tell you, nah, you ain't really with it, or you not really with it, or you with this side of oppression because you're not on the front lines. That shit is dumb. Y'all got to stop doing that. That's how y'all create disconnect. if y'all tell people because they don't post nothing, that, this, this shit is just ignorant, bro. Honestly, I don't. I can't find. I don't know a good way to explain it. My last example wasn't the best example, but that shit is ignorant. Just because somebody don't post nothing, or just because somebody don't um, say something, or do something, they're not out there at riots or protests or rallies or whatever, does not mean that they're on the side of oppression. That shit is dumb. That is a dumb sentiment to have. Not everything is black and white. Not everything is one way or the other. Um, plus, y'all, y'all get on social media and kill people for trying to say some shit if it's not the right shit. So let people be people, not racist just because they're not making a bunch of noise, especially especially online. It, What y'all really have to do is talk to people. Talk to actual people face-to-face so you can see their mannerisms, so you can see their emotions and shit like that because that's the shit on social media you're not going to see. So if a white person person might be on Twitter, he might type in something or she might type in something a hundred times But if it don't feel right or sound right, they might delete that shit, delete that shit, delete that shit. People might want to say something, but they don't even know what to say. And y'all fucking ignorant ass people are calling them racist. That shit is, that shit blows me, bro. That shit fucking blows me. If you, if you sit down and talk to somebody, which I have since this situation has happened. You can. I can clearly see that they don't know what to say, but I can also clearly see in their face that they're upset about the situation and they want the situation to change. Now, let's talk about change. The change... The change will happen. Eventually, change will happen. And I, I personally think it's mostly because... <clears throat> the minority will end up becoming the majority. We got however many so years from that happening. But most likely, if you listen to this and you're around my age, 23, 24, 20, you know, 18, I mean, I guess my age is like five years up and five years behind. If you in that age range, if you want to keep it a buck, this shit not happen in our lifetime. Probably not even our kids' lifetime. So, what we have to do right now is continue to fight, continue to weather the storm, uh, strategize around the situations, and um, I don't want to say get comfortable. But we gotta dig our boots in and, pre- and prepare for a a long, drawn out situation. I, a war, even um, if you want to go that far. But the shit's not changing no time soon. Slavery and oppression was a was a four hundred not oppression because oppression is still going on. So slavery was a 400 year time period right just in the 60s i don't i can't stress this enough the 60s seems like long ago it really was not people i got a homie whose grandma is 90 she's 90 so that means she was born in 1930 <laughs> like That is people alive that still live through grimy, grimy shit. And those people have kids that if they didn't live through it, they were taught it. And then it keeps going on. So that shit is not going anywhere, no time soon. Slavery ended in 1863. So we about a 100 and what? 60 years into that, yeah, about 160 years, something like that. I don't know the exact math. I'm, I might be off. Jim Crow ended in 1964. We're not, we're, what, 60, not even 60 years into that. So, y'all are talking about a 400-year period of when shit was happening, and we're talking about, Not even 100 before niggas couldn't even use the same restroom as white people. And a a little bit over, like 150 over actual slavery being ended. Put it together, it's about 200 some change. That's half the time of slavery. Racism is not going nowhere soon, nowhere fast. So buckle up. It's going to be a bumpy ride, but it's a ride you got to take. Um. Again, I'm a, I'm gonna move off this now because I'm I'm. It's really affecting me. I'm I'm starting to get riled up. I'm starting to get upset. Uh. Rest in peace to George Floyd. Rest in peace to my Arbery. Hopefully the deaths won't be in vain. We can get some justice out of this. All four of them officers, all them, they they gotta catch something. They gotta they gotta do some time, man. Every single one of them. Uh dude, he better not ever see the light light of day. Uh I'ma leave it at that. Now I'm gonna get into part two of uh I thought about not even doing this, really. But I mean I started it, so I might as well finish it. I'm going to get into part two of of my drug dealing career. Is it a career? No, it's not a career. Is it a career? I know niggas making a lot of money off of it. We'll do that another day. But I'm going to get back into the story of the glory days. Uh, act two, so I left off, um, I got in trouble, or well, I got caught by the Undos, um, while I was in jail for the Undos, they put me in, I, am telling these, this story on this podcast and the last one, um, a little, most, be one, because I'm proud of myself for going a year, um and two because I got a lot of I got a lot of little cousins and a lot of little homies who sell drugs or wanna sell drugs or uh smoke weed and it's it's not a big jump. Uh and I just want to let them know some of the downfalls and the pitfalls. <laughs> of of selling drugs not to not to definitely not to encourage but I'm not here to discourage nobody either um honestly if you smart if you smart about it especially if we talking about weed selling weed is is very low risk uh very high reward to keep it a band with you to be one thou well um ho- hopefully People decide not to, but if you decide to go ahead and do so, maybe you can take some, uh, learn some lessons from my story and my downfalls. So yeah, that's why I'm I'm telling it. Um, one, because it's therapeutic to get it out there for me. am I'm, I'm proud of myself, and two, uh, not to not to well to help. Yeah, to help. Somebody that might be out there, maybe it's helping them getting it out or maybe helping them avoid a mistake. But anyways, yeah, so I got caught. I'm in jail with my mans. We got we got put up on by the DEA. The DEA they thought they was making like a a, a big drug bust, like uh, they thought I was a kingpin or not a kingpin, but they thought like I was really getting money, which I wasn't. Uh and they thought that either I could that I was going to be a big fish, and I was a little fish. and Or they could roll me up to a big fish, and they couldn't because, I mean, one my plug was in and too. I'm not really telling on my plug like that. But however, they did finesse me, and this is why it's important. When people say don't talk to police at all, just don't talk to them. So, because they can lie, and they can do whatever. And it's, it's so crazy because I watch a thousand cop shows and shit, you would think I would know, but no, I didn't know. So I'm in jail. They come and get me. They put me in the chair. They read me my rights, yada, yada. They say, do you want to answer these questions, blah, blah, blah. Yes. So I answer the question. I get to tell them, no, know, rave the rights accounts, all that shit. I telling them, no, no, nah, I didn't do that. That's not me. It ain't even on me, yada, 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 yada. So Mans was like, detectives, real smooth, nigga. Uh, he is like, yeah, your buddy said that... Um, it was all his. You didn't have nothing to do with it. Ain't no sense of both of y'all going to, going down for it. So I'm like, my nigga, man. This nigga that came through, that's my guy. Uh, so I'm like, yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. I didn't have nothing to do with it. Broski said it was his. It was definitely his. Like, I need to let me go. So he like, all right, yeah, whatever. Then you got to start asking me more questions and shit. So I was like, nah, I don't really have nothing to tell you on no plug or nothing. Like, send me back to myself. So I get back to the cell. I talk to my mans, and he like, what'd you tell him? And I was like, shit, I told him it was yours. He told me that that's what you said. And he was like, no, bro, I did not say that shit. Like, I don't know why the fuck you told him that. Like, I did not say that shit. So now I'm sitting there like, damn, I just snitched on my mans. But I didn't even, like, mean to snitch on my mans. Like, I I thought... My man's was trying to take the L for the team. But yeah, that's one of those lessons. So if you if you get back in that box with them people, you not It's not that you're not smart enough. It's just that they more experienced if you think about it. Like that was my first time being in there. He probably done did that shit 30, 40, 50 times. So if you get back back in the box with them people, don't don't say nothing to them, man. Tell them to send you back to yourself. Uh that's I made that mistake. Uh it had me looking bad, but it it was it was it was I would never do that. I would never do that. My dog know that. Uh later on in in the case, we met up with his lawyer and I told his lawyer, you know, I get on the stand need be and telling that my guy ain't have nothing to do with that. Uh, cuz I'm stand up. I wouldn't I wouldn't sell man's out for uh, like four years or whatever it was. That's not in me. Um, yeah, so that shit happened. I get out of jail. I didn't have no money. Um, my doggie, he had the he had the nine hundred. Um, the rest of the the rest of the money, I mean. But seeing as I got him in a scenario, I let him bond out. Uh, I thought that was only fair. Um, I let doggie bond out. I didn't have no money to bond out, uh, but my stepdad called me. Rest is, rest in peace. This story is the back end of this story got a couple of people that died on me. Um, that I mean, I, I it's, it's 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 tough, but yeah, my stepdad he he was a real stand up, solid dude. He was. I love my dad to death. Uh, I, I'm I'm just like my dad. Really, but I wanted to be like my stepdad so bad. He just got all the charisma in the world. Um, fly dude, fly cars, a lot of money, very generous. Everybody love him. Everybody in the family know he's that dude. Uh, he see you around Christmas. That's a hundred to two hundred dollars, depending on the time. Graduation. Uh, he got me. Gave me like a hundred, broke me off like two gram joints. Uh, he got me my first car, uh, red SS Monte Carlo Super Sport, or I said SS, yeah, red Monte Carlo. Just, just a real good dude, but he a hustler. That's all he know. He he a hustler in the business, man. Um, he he owned a, a garage, you know. He was in the buying property and So he he put his hustling money up and and got things. Um, besides just getting it out, out the mud, he went and got other stuff, uh, legal businesses and whatnot. But yeah, anyways, he put the thousand up for my bond. He tapped in with me like, hey, yo, if you're going to do this, you got to do it right. You can't be getting busted by no undos. And he told me, y'all ripped. He said, little cow, look, I love you, but I seen, I, I raised you or I helped raise you. And I know how you was raised. You're not built for this. So, immediately, I'm on the other line in shock. I'm like, what the fuck is this nigga talking about? I'm, What do he know? This nigga don't know. Because I've been, like, again, he did help raise me. He do know how I was raised. But I hadn't been around dude in, like, probably, like, five years. So, I'm like, what the fuck? What is he? You know what I'm saying? I feel disrespected to a point. But he like, nah, you not cut out for this. You don't know the type of lengths you gotta go to and uh you not ready to you not ready to go to them lengths. The way you was raised, it's not in you. <laughs> uh so he telling me like, I know you not ready, I know you're not about it, but I'ma go ahead and let you and give you the game so that you can be ready. And you can't be prepared. So I get to talk about uh, what to look out for, the signs, the scenarios, what I got to do if I get robbed, uh, how jail is. I get a whole seminar, pretty much, from a real OG, real OG, real respected dude. Um, I I get that. And uh, I take it all in. And then I decide, you know what? <laughs> I'm not built for this. Like, I'm good on all of that. Like, this shit is ridiculous. When I got in the cell, they told I mean when I got in the box, they told me it was gonna be four to ninety nine. I was thinking about them fucking numbers. I was thinking about what all the dude telling me. And uh I bowed out. I said, that's it for me. Plus I had no money, so it really wasn't a hard decision. I said on my job at QT, I said, fuck it. I'ma walk away from the game. Uh, Plus, I got a lot of family and stuff that really, I got to, I'm going am say this and I'm going to keep saying this. I got a real good support system around me. All my aunties, all my uncles, my mom, my sisters, my cousins, my family, they really believe in me. They really support me in almost anything that I do. They're going to be there. They're going to show up. And they always gonna tell me what's what uh so i I tell people i don't I don't ever have to prove people wrong. I have to prove people right. I'm mostly out to prove people right. I don't have haters I got supporters uh that's just how it is for me so I take all that into factor all the calls I'm getting auntie's calling me like, well, baby, it's okay like." You know, you just got to get your head on right and make the right decisions. And we know you can do it. And mom giving me the game lectures. And uh, I'm going to get my mom on here to see if she want to talk about her story. she probably talk about her story with me uh, for one of these podcasts. That's very interesting. Uh, another, My mom and my dad, this is another thing that I wrestle with a lot. Or why I used to wrestle with when I did sell drugs. My dad was a known gang member Uh. OG, whatever, whatever. I'm not going to say what he's associated with. It's old news. But my dad was really embedded in that life. He had me, went to jail, came home, decided that yeah, he had a son now, and it wasn't worth it, and he stopped all the bullshit. Gave up the whole life. A lot of people, parents don't do that. That's one parent that did that for me already. Boom, ripped. My mom, she had gotten to a situation, um... She pretty much the same as my dad, maybe a little less on the gang side, probably still in still in the game, but a little less like gang shit. Like more money shit. My mom was really getting money. My mom's a hustler. Uh she was forced with a scenario where she had to do some time. Um, she had big numbers, uh, she had to point the finger at some people and she did to come home early for me and my sisters. So I got two parents. I got a heavy support system and I got two parents who went a uh, who one who got out of some shit that he was in for a long time because of me and another one who went against the grain and and put her life in jeopardy um, to get home to me. So when I when I was selling drugs, bro, I'm not gonna lie and say I didn't enjoy it, but it, it was hard for me to wrestle with the fact that I had ended up in that situation of even selling drugs in the first place, so when I when I got caught and when I got the call, uh, from my from my stepdad telling me that I wasn't built for it, it was honestly sort of kind of like a relief. Like I was uh like I told y'all I had thought it was in me, but. It was it was wearing on me in a way where I knew the shit was wrong, and I knew that my people, if the last thing that my people wanted was for me to be doing this, and that always that always wore on me, that all always wore on me. So, um, yeah, like that shit happened. I I I went into retirement, or I said I was gonna quit. I did quit. I was a, played the good boy role. I worked that quick trip. Went to school. Had the best semester of my life in school, probably since like fifth grade. Got all A's and B's. Um, but after my first semester, <laughs> that's your only glad for a semester. But during my first semester. Um. Well, no, I did that shit for a semester. I went back to school for summer semester or summer semester, May semester, whatever it's called. I was in there, and I decided to roll a blunt in the QT, um, in the in the QTQ coolers. <laughs> I decided to roll a blunt of some gas in the uh, QT coolers, um, and like the people came through, like the merchandising people, and they were like, "We smell gas in here!" Like. We smell weed in here, who was it? And uh everybody in the store knew who it was. I probably could have got away with it, but it was kind of blatant. Again, I got finesse. I went in an interview at with the people at QT and it was like, Did you uh did you roll weed in here? Like we got you on camera. Like we don't got you on camera rolling it, but we got you on audio. They in hindsight, they probably didn't. But I went in here and told them, yeah, they terminated me on the spot, got me up out of there. So, at this point, I don't have no job. Uh, Did I have a car? I think I had a car. I'm pretty sure I had a car. I don't think I had a car. Whatever whatever the scenario. But I know I don't have a job for sure. I'm broke. I'm bumming at my mom's house. My guy, he back up because... That's what he do. He hustler. He got clientele since he's like, I mean, I'm, we only 20-something, but he still got clientele from whenever we was in high school. Same people come through him and whatnot. So he back up, he back on. Um, so I, I make that call. Uh, I Honestly, I don't even know if it was him. I might have made a call to somebody else. I'm sure I did make a call to somebody else yeah i I think i called, so i got it from somebody else, but I made the call either way it went no 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 I did make that call to my guy so I made the call to my guy I get it from my guy uh and then basically we, we back booming but it's not to the extent it's more to the extent to where I was the first time where I would just get by really. Just smoking and eating, that's all I really needed anyways. It was either that or be like completely dead ass broke. And so that's what I was doing and I, I finally got the call from Racetrack. And uh once I got I got a job at Racetrack, we was back on. But <laughs> like I had already been serving and I seen what that was doing. And I wasn't working at racetrack a lot, so I just stayed with it. And then also, um, my 21st was coming up and we was going to Vegas. So that was a big motivation. So I, I convinced myself to keep trapping even though I had got a job. And um, basically, that's how I, that's how I went for a good while. Um, I think I got hired at racetrack in, in April. Uh, I'm not sure what year it was. But I got hired eight in strike in April. My birthday's in July. We went to Vegas in July. Best time of my life. Um, it it opened my eyes to a lot of shit. Um, we ended up going back to Vegas in January. Even though I had swore, <laughs> we did, I would never go back to Vegas after the first time I went to Vegas. Um, we went back to Vegas. This whole time I'm selling green like it's real small operation. I'm getting one maybe two ounces. I don't think I am. I'm. I'm not getting them from my guy. I'm getting them from different plugs. But you know my name good in the city. People trust me. People rock with me. So I'm just bouncing from whatever plug got it. Uh, I'm not being on coastline no more because I got uh, money from race strike, and that's how I went for a while until like. I want to say, like, the next April, uh, at this point, I have been to Vegas twice. I was kind of obsessed with traveling. Like, I just wanted to go places um, and be places. So, I had started this new scheme um, at Racetrack, and it kind of went hand-in-hand. Well, first, so, my obsession with mainly Vegas traveling, but mainly traveling to Vegas. Uh I needed to find a way to get green cheaper, right? Um, And on top of that, I needed to find... Okay, okay, so I needed to find a way to get green cheaper. The main way to get green cheaper is to get more green. I didn't want to pay for more green, so I had to find a plug who was going to be willing to front me a lot of green at a cheaper price, but the thing about having to be on front or having to be on cosign is you need to get it off fast because you need to make it worthwhile. So I came up with a plan, and my plan simply was to, anytime somebody at Racetrack bought reloads, was to tell them that I sell green and to hit me up And it worked. I'm like it worked to perfection. So I'm at Racetrack. Anybody buying Rillos? My name is Cal. You know what I'm saying? I live right around here. I see you buying Rillos. I got green. Hit my line. Um and I start booming. Like I start booming. I went from like getting one to two ounces, maybe, to getting four ounces. Uh paying for it. And then finally I went to uh um, one of my homies and he was like look yeah you if you got four then I got the other four for you and here you go and shit we was off to the races. Uh that April I went to Seattle for four twenty while it was away for four twenty my mom found like four ounces in my drawer. That's a QP And she she was uh my mom is My mom doesn't get upset. She just talks to you like she's very disappointed. And it's just as bad. Like she don't do a lot of of yelling. When my mom starts yelling, I know she's frustrated. And I know that I've hit a nerve in something. She doesn't do a a lot of yelling. She assesses the situation. She thinks it out. And then she calmly gives me options or opinions so she finds the green I get back she tells me look I don't care do what you got do what you feel like you got to do you just can't do that here so you need to figure out what you're going to do you can either move out or you can stop so uh I weigh my options I think about um just buying a car and keep going and be on the move but I got a pin in case, so I don't want to get caught with more green why I got a pin in case. So, oh, uh, and then I'm seeing so much money. I'm already caught up with going to Vegas and being out. Um, I decide, like, it, it's it's time that the baby bird leaves the burden and So I link up with one of my homies. And actually uh i linked up with with my homie my man homie that i wanted to get an apartment with we was doing some spicy shit and i don't i don't believe the statute of limitations is up on that so i'm gonna keep that low key for maybe like a year or so more but we was at racetrack doing some grimy shit shout out to my homie shout out to my brody man uh <laughs> that shit backfired though uh end up not working out. It it don't ever end up working out, honestly, when you're doing spicy shit. But yeah, we was doing some spicy shit. We was trying to get out, but uh he ended up losing his job and uh that was the end of that. So I had to get in contact with another one of my homies, real good friend of mine, uh, and he agreed. Honestly when I called him, I just knew he had good credit and I knew he had enough money to get the apartment that I wanted. I just wanted to see if he'll put my name on the lease. So when I called him and asked him, he was like, yeah, bro, I definitely want to move out. He was like, yeah, I'm down for it. And I was kind of shocked, but I couldn't tell him. I was like, nah, I don't want you to live with me, bro. I just want you to put, put your name on the lease. <laughs> so I ended up moving. It. I mean, it worked out, bros. I really, that's my guy. I fuck with Dude Heavy. But just when I was calling him, that's not what I was thinking. But it ended up working out for, for. I, I think, the better because, like, it was kind of like a tag team situation. And plus, he, he bought a lot of weed from me. He, It's it's honestly ridiculous. But, um, yeah, so I called Brody. We get an apartment. I'm getting HPs and P's at this point. We back booming. I'm back booming. Booming more than I ever had before as far as, like, not being a middleman, man, actually selling to people. I got four or five people coming to get ounces off me, uh... I'm probably selling in QP and um, and uh, grams and, and quarters and shit like that. Uh, I'm really getting it. The pins was popping at that time. I was having a lot of money. I was still working, too. Um, I'd probably sell, like, a HP in, in two days or three days. But a lot of it was going down in front, in front money, which is kind of crazy because I was fronting people, but I was getting fronted. But anyways, it was working. I was getting a lot of money, man. Uh, <laughs> we was I was having the time of my life. I had my own apartment. I had started getting to like I used to be an ugly dougly, but it didn't really matter to me because all my aunties and shit they would be like, "Oh, my baby's so handsome, yeah yeah. So I always had like tremendous confidence. But looking back, mm, I was a little rough all through high school. <laughs> but nowadays, especially like when you get money, it it it. It changed a lot. Um, so, yeah, I would be having girls over. Like, I was getting a lot of money. I was having a good time. That year, I was having the time of my life. We was back and forth to Vegas. It was, everything was going lovely. And then I get the call. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. I skipped the part. So, right before I moved in, actually, right before I moved in, I went to, I got caught. Cause I got a call from a homeless dude. He was like a young boy though. He had to be like twenty he had to be like twenty-four, twenty-five. But he was homeless though. Dude was homeless. Uh, and he was homeless outside of my racetrack. But since I used to work nights, I used to fire up. Uh when I left racetrack, like as soon like still on racetrack property, I used to fire up and walk home. And one time he smelled then, he like he was like, can I hit the blunt? And I was like, yeah, but you got to walk with me and walk and talk because I'm not about to sit in front of a racetrack and smoke a blunt. So I'm talking to dude, and uh, he, like, he said, green, blah, 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 all this stuff. So I get his number, get his contact, and lucky like, man. And he called me one day, and he, like, how much for a half? And I'm like, so-and-so, this much. And he, like, all right, bet, Uh, come up to racetrack. So, I go up to the racetrack. I'm up there. Uh, I give dude the green in the locker, I mean, in the bathroom. And he tell me, hold on. I don't have the money. Uh, I'm about to make a quick flip. So, I tell him, all right, bet for sure. So, this is where I fucked up. I didn't have, I took more green than I needed. Because at the time, my mom had knew I was selling, and I didn't like selling at my mom's house. So I was thinking, like, if I get another call, that's two birds and one stone. I can make both serves at the racetrack. So I took way more green than I needed. Um, so I'm up there. I give him the green. He make the flip, uh, and this nigga sells to an undo. So he sells to an undo, but the description is a black male with a backpack, right? So when the laws pull up, they just grab both of us. Like, I'm already in my homie's car. They saw me getting a car, though, with the backpack and shit. And uh, obviously I had green on me, so I had to take, I took another charge, of just a possession charge, though. They couldn't get me on, like, selling the dude or whatnot. They basically had just thought, like, I don't know, but, yeah, they they give me a call. They give me back to APD or the police department, whatever. Um, They try to put me in a box again. I tell them no, send me to my cell. I only have a possession case. They send me back to my cell. I'm in jail on Mother's Day. It's just completely ass. Yeah, I had to go through that. That happened before I moved in. I moved in in June... In Mother's Day is in May, so yeah, that happened. I just skipped over that. That's that's important. That's another L that I took. Don't don't sell the niggas. Honestly, it all comes down. Most of the Ls I take come down to don't sell the niggas you don't know. Really, even though that was my whole thing at racetrack, it was like just giving my number out to niggas. That's why I started booming. But when you when I really sit down and think about it, all my Ls come by is I'm being overzealous and selling to niggas that. I, I haven't betted. I don't know. I just, I deserve it. So, yeah, fast forward. Now, I'm in my apartment. I'm having a good time. I'm telling you all of this. Uh, August come around, and uh, my case come up. So, my case come up. I go in for my case. I'm really thinking I'm finna go to jail because, I mean, I already had a whole bunch of weed charges and this shit. So, I go in there. Nope. I get probation. I get five years probation. Um... At this point, this is when I really stopped thinking about Selling Green. When I got caught and I was in jail on Mother's Day, it, it went over my... It, it was a good... I Okay, no, that was when I first stopped thinking about Selling Green. because But I was already locked in for getting my apartment and I was making so much money. But it was the first time I have ever really been to a a jail. jail. I was in county jail. County jail and city jail, completely different. I don't even want to know what prison looked like. County jail is it's terrible. But county jail and city jail is completely different. And it's the first time I've ever been in county jail and, like, really in a real, real jail scenario. That's when I was like, hmm, maybe this nigga was right. Like, I don't know if I'm built for this. Like, I, I'm used to eating, like, real good. It was niggas were eating bologna sandwiches and cookies. They was bringing plates out. They brought my plate out, and they was like, dude asked me if I was going to eat it. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to eat my shit. Like, I don't want to feel like I'm getting bullied or like nobody taking advantage of me. But I don't think, like, looking back, he wasn't taking advantage of me. He just knew that I that shit on that plate was not going to be good, and I was not going to eat it. <laughs> so I'm picking around at that shit. He like, you don't want it, right? And I was like, "Nah, you can have it. So we traded. Like, I gave him my trade for his cornbread. That was the only thing that was edible in there. And then they give you, like, this flavored water. And then in the morning, I don't even know. They give you some shit they call breakfast. But, yeah, being in county jail was the first time when I was like, "Mm, I might need to find something else to do. I might need to find a different finesse. So that experience happened. And then fast forward to August, my case came up. I got five years probation. uh, And I was like, damn, I really do need to figure out a way around this, but, again, I'm already locked in an apartment. I definitely don't make nowhere near enough to live in my apartment and just work at Racetrack. So I'm kind of in, like, a spot where I want to change, but I don't really have no room to change. And to be 1,000% honest with you, I'm getting a lot of money. So (laughs) it's just, like, I quit racetrack in August. Like, after my case came up, after my case got all settled, like, and I could show them that I had jobs on the books and pay stubs, after that shit was done, I quit racetrack immediately. So, I really don't have no income at all besides green money, which was uh, more than enough, but I don't have no room to, like, stop selling green. If I stop selling green, then... I let my man's down who who got the apartment. It's in both our names, so I fuck myself up and I fuck himself up. Um it's just a bad scenario. So I do wanna stop selling green, but I'm not really in the position to stop selling green. Um in the same month in August, it might have nah, I'm pretty sure it was August. Um I was booming. Um, I was around the city, I was plugged in, I was giving people, dropping off packs and doing a whole bunch of shit. And then I get a call from one of my homies, um, and he like, hey look, my bro, he need to be served, Um, can you serve him? And I'm like, nah, I'm not really fucking with that nigga. I know that nigga, he don't fuck with my niggas, and uh, also, I know he kind of like a shiesty nigga. And he like, man, nah, that's my nigga, bro. Like, you tripping, blah, blah, blah. He not going to do that. I told him, you cool. I told him, like, fuck all that shit with them other niggas, even though those are your niggas. Like, you my nigga too, so leave that shit be. He cool. So I'm like, "Uh, all right, send him him my number. I'll serve him. So I'm serving dude, I'm serving dude, I'm serving dude. And, uh... I get a call from his girlfriend one night. I know his girlfriend better than I know him. I get a Facetime from her one night. She Facetime me like, "Yo, like yada yada, dude is bugging. Like he just fucked my house up. Like what should I do? Blah 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 blah." And his girlfriend used to be my homie girlfriend. So I'm giving her like, look, uh, <laughs> I'm giving her advice and shit. Like this how you should handle it. Like blah 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 blah. And at the same time, I'm not going to cap. I'm definitely trying to fuck because she's pretty bad. Like, yeah, she's pretty bad. And so I'm trying to fuck my homie's girl, my homie's ex-girl, who's a dude that I sell to girl right now. And the shit just got sloppy. So one night, he hit me up. Like, it's regular hours that he used to come, uh, like, hit me up he hit me up, like, you know, I'm finna come through. Uh, I need this amount. Uh, Do you got me? And I'm like, yeah, for sure. And he had came through, like, a couple times uh, since the scenario had gone on. And the funny thing about it is, like, he used to come through and, like, <laughs> I like, I used to feel like a hoe Because <clears throat> I used to shake new hand and, like, call him bro. And, like, And that's, like, very regular. It's not, like, in the sense of where, like, we was homies or nothing. We wasn't friends or homies or nothing. Like, He was a customer. He used to get the regular customer treatment. So he would come in. I would shake his hands. How you living, bro? You good? Say, yeah, I'm good, bro, blah, blah, blah. He would get the green and he would leave. But like we used to do that. And I used to look at dude and really be like, bro, I'm about to fuck his bitch, bro. Like, <laughs> I swear to you. I used to feel bad because I can't help if Rogers be feeling bad, but she's bad, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna have to get this off." So one night he takes me, he like, "Yeah, I'm finna come through, yada yada." Do you do you got it? Do you got me? And I'm like, "Yeah, I got you." And at the time, I had like shout out my uh, roommate because he really held it down. He 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 let my cousin come in from Nebraska, the one that just died. Uh, his name is Robert Gould. Rest in peace, of Robert. I'm going to talk about him a little bit more on, on, on my next podcast. I'm going to get like, I got to get like a month, a month out, a month out to really talk about bro without really, really uh feeling some type of way on here. But yeah, he was letting my homie uh or my cousin um come in from Nebraska. He was staying with us. And also my homie that I went to elementary school with from Nebraska, he was staying with us. And also at the time, my little cousins was just in town, uh, just cause. So it's my roommate, it's two of my little cousins, it's me, and it's my uh, friend from Nebraska. So we in there five deep, and um, I t- I'm I'm about to go to sleep. So I tell my uh, my cousin Robert um, like. So-and-so's coming through. Go ahead and get ready to serve him. Um, And he'd done this before. It wasn't nothing new. So he's like, all right, I got you back. So I go to sleep. And then I just wake up with a Drake on my face. And this nigga's like, get up, nigga. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I, I was like. Get up. I'm in my jaws. Like I wipe my eyes. Like, I do not believe this shit. So I say I say my I say his name and I'm like, is that you, bro? And he's like, yeah, nigga, it's me. You try to fuck my bitch. And I'm like, nah, I'm not, I did not try to fuck your bitch at all. He's like, nigga, stop lying to me. Get your ass up. So at this point, I'm alert. Like I, I'm alert. I see this is not a game. This is not a joke. This nigga is dead ass serious. He got this big ass Draco. And then he got two other niggas in ski masks. He don't have no mask on. Cause he would have, I would've known it was him anyways, but he don't have no mask on. That kind of scared me, honestly, I'm not gonna lie. But it's I grab I, I got my composure once I figured out what was going on. I was just a little sleepy at first. But him not having a mask on, it it did shake me. So I gained my composure. I started complying. He like, uh, where the shit at, like blah, blah, blah. And I could tell also, like, the way my house was set up, you would come in, and I would just have everything out. So I would have all the green, all the money out, and it just looked like I had more money than what I really had. So he come in. He got the Drake on my face. He telling me uh, he's on perks or some shit. I don't know. And, again, I'm not saying dude name because I don't incriminate nobody, even dude. uh He come in. He got the strap. He telling me he on pricey shit. His dad just died, and he would not hesitate to kill a nigga. So I have to take dude very so seriously. But so I'm in my drawers. I'm on the bed, and he like giving me all these instructions, asking me where shit is at. So I'm letting him know where shit is at. Um, And it's like when I say these niggas. It felt like time was in slow motion, bro. That was probably in the house for like 15 minutes, but it felt like an hour, bro. Like, no bullshit. It felt like a full-on hour. they just rummaged through my shit. I can tell he salty um, that I don't have as much money as he thought I had. He came in my room. like (laughs) He came in my room. He like, this all you got, nigga? All you got is a thousand weak-ass dollars? And I'm like, yeah, bro, that's all I got. Like, I don't know what to tell you uh and he like where he was like you don't got no green and I'm like shit the green in the closet and he was like why didn't you tell me that nigga and I was like shit you didn't ask and when I said that I was like fuck bro I was like why do you have to be a smart ass all the time and he was like nigga I shouldn't have to ask and then uh he went and got the green and then he was like where that pistol at and then I was like oh shit so I told him where the pistol was at. He went and got the pistol. And his other homies came in the room with the pistol. And he was, like, pointing the pistol at me. And he was like, what you looking at, nigga? What the fuck are you looking at? He's like, put that pillow, pillow over your head. So I'm like, fuck, this shit is going to be a wrap. That's when that shit happened. I, I'm i not going to cap, bro. I didn't know. I didn't know at all. So, I mean, I cooperate. I put the pillow over my head. The house is dead ass silent except for these niggas walking around and making their plans. And my roommate, my roommate, a bold ass nigga. He telling niggas he not scared of knives and shit. Like he he a different type of nigga. Um I'm in another room. I can't even see my other my, my little cousins in my roommate because they're in the living room. I'm in my room. And uh, they asked my roommate, or not my roommate, my other homie from Nebraska for his keys. He refused that shit. He was like, "Nah, like we don't have no cars." He lied. They didn't know we didn't have no cars. They knew I didn't have no cars, so they just assumed he didn't have no car. So they like they keep talking more shit. They grab a whole bunch of shit and they did. So when they did, I get up. Like I call my plug. The first thing I do is call my plug. And then I, like, telling the situation. He's like, oh, it's cool, yada, yada, just get back with me in the morning. There's nothing I can do right now. It's, like, 4 o'clock in the morning. So I was like, all right, bet. Uh, I go in, I check on my little cousins. One of my little cousins, he's young. He probably was, like, 15 or 16 at the time. I'm checking on him, making sure he's straight. You good? Do you want to go to my mom's? Do you think you can still sleep here? Like, He's like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm all good. I'm going to sleep here. I'm going to go uh, to your mom's in the morning. They stole his PlayStation. They stole my PlayStation. At one point in time, niggas were so frustrated. I didn't have no money and no green. They just walked in my room and, like, hugged my rack of clothes and just took as much shit off the fucking, <laughs> off the clothing rack as possible. Uh, And they took a whole bunch of clothes. I had just went to New York, like, in July. And it was August. And I just went to New York in July with my family and spent, like, $500, $600 on clothes. Like, they took all that shit. And uh, I had to pay some people back. The first thing I did in the morning, I really wanted to smoke a blunt so bad, but I was on probation, so I couldn't. So, like, I checked to see if everybody was all right. I called my plug, and I went back to sleep. And then the next morning, like, I went and got my uh, little cousin to PlayStation. But I was so paranoid, bro. Like, I went to go get my little cousin at PlayStation. I was looking around, like, damn, where is this nigga? Is this nigga still out? Is he going to be, like, what's going to be up? Um, I think I immediately text him, too, that, like, I don't want no smoke, bro. Like, I'm good. I'm not even on no retaliation shit. Like, you're good. He has said, like, made another comment, like, he knew where I where my people stayed, which he did, because I used to trap out my mom's house. Don't ever, ever trap out your mom's house. That's a that's another one of them rules right there. So I was really in a an L position. My homie, my, my homie from elementary, he was really upset. He like wanted to put niggas on, on flights. Like he was upset for real. I told him he had to chill. Uh my my other little cousin Robert, he was he was upset. He wanted to do some shit. I told them both they had to chill. Like it's not even that serious, and no point in going to a war over like thirty five hundred dollars. Like, and that's another thing that my my stepdad told me. He said, "Look, if somebody take your shit, you gotta be willing to die for it, no matter what it is." And he told me that shit on the phone, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm not about to. <laughs> I'm not about to be sitting in no cell doing life." <laughs> And I'm damn sure not About to be in no shootouts over no thirty five hundred, and nobody even got hurt. Like they just pretty much took the shit and left. So I made a business decision. I think was a smart decision. Left the shit alone. Let it be. Um, and I just try to move forward from there. But yeah, man, that shit definitely, definitely changed me for sure. Cause I was like sketchy on new numbers. Uh, like, people would be like, I'm about to send you somebody, and I'd be like, nah, you gotta come get it for them. Like, uh, I would just be always looking over my shoulder type shit, making sure the doors were doubly locked. I wouldn't let none of my, I wouldn't let my roommate or my little cousin serve niggas no more. Always, always, always check the peephole, all that shit. It was a very, like, traumatizing, uh, experience, um... Now I look back on it. At first when it happened, I thought I carried it very well. I thought I like carried it <laughs> well. But looking back, that shit changed me so much. Like it, it really did have me bugged out for like I mean, the rest of the time I sold, really, to be honest. Um, but yeah, so that shit happened. Uh after that happened, that had fucked the pack up and that had fucked my relationship with my um with my plug. Cause I mean, obviously he was fronting me, so he took as big of a hit. Well, he took more than it than I did, because I had to pay my rent. So all the money that I had, I probably could have ended up paying them off, but the rent was due, so I just had to get that shit to the rent people. I didn't have no job, so it was tough. Like after that, I think it was like maybe like sort of drought. And nobody could, nobody had green to sell. Uh, I couldn't get no fronts. So I didn't have a job. Before, like, I was doing so much, uh, doing so many numbers. Like, I could pay rent and still, like, pretty much go to Vegas every other month and, like, eat out every day. But that shit changed real quick. I was only getting, like, two at a time. I was having to reach out to new plugs and shit. Um, And it was a struggle to pay rent. That was, like, all the way from August. I had to start putting in uh, job apps, all that shit. And that was, like, from August to January. And then in January, uh, I got hired at um, my second job. I'm not going to tell y'all where that's at. But yeah, I got hired my second job. I started working out there and then things started to get back on schedule. But that experience right there was the uh the straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, that's when I knew it was time to go. It was time to go for sure, for sure. Like uh I'll put not only myself but my roommate, my little cousins, people that I love, people that Little, my little cousins that I would die for, not so much my roommate. I mean, I love my guy. I don't I don't know how far. It, I don't think I would die for bro, and I don't think that's... I love dude, but I don't think I would die for bro. Um, I'm sure I wouldn't die for bro, and also my homie from Nebraska, I wouldn't die for bro either. But I, my little cousin specifically, and another one of my little cousins was in town, but he just so happened to stay at my mom's house that night because... That's what he decided to do. Um, but, yeah, I put two people that I would die for that I love to death, like, that grew up around me, that I grew up with. Um, I put them in harm's way. Um, I put myself in harm's way all over. For me, a bitch, and for dude, 3500 Like, had, had I said that money comment or had I moved the wrong way or been a little bit more defiant or anything. My roommate, anybody, anything—the wrong shit could have been said. It could have been a massacre, bro, in a little bitty ass apartment over a bitch, over a bitch, and over thirty five hundred dollars, bro. Like thirty five hundred dollars—that's like on the upside. I don't even think he got that much worth of shit. I think it's really like probably like three twenty-eight, something like that, but. Yeah, man, that was, that's, that's when I knew for sure, it this I, I gotta find something else to do, but again, like, I was stuck, I, I was stuck, I, I, I guess I could've just moved out and fucked my lease up and shit, but I didn't want to do that, so I had to tough it out, and I toughed it out till May, uh, barely making it, barely scraping through, um. And then, towards the back end, um, my whole exit plan, I had one more uh, chick up my sleeve. I decided to run off on a plug, which, looking back, up, I'm not proud of. Um, it, It was something I felt like I had to do, but I didn't have to do it because it didn't even work out the way I wanted it to work out at all, so... But yeah, I had met another plug. He was giving me some trash green. Um, it was pretty whack. And I decided basically he knew where my apartment was. That's the only thing he knew about me. So I decided basically what I'm gonna do is I'ma set it up and I'ma set it up to get this much. And then I'ma get it and I'ma give it to my room or to my to one of my plugs and then just tell him to give me. X amount of dollars back from it, and just disappear, and, and, uh, bro would never see me again, and it pretty much worked like that, except that when we got it, it was corn, it was not good green, and I still made agreements with my mans, nigga, and you know who you are, if you hear this, you still owe me like $600, bro, I don't care if it was corn or not, we had an agreement, (laughs) And I need that from you because (laughs) I need it, bro. We made an agreement. I need that six, bro. I know that shit was ass, but I need that. Yeah, so basically we did it. I did it. I made the connect. I got the call. Uh, I gave it to my mans. But I probably seen like $200 out of the $800 I was supposed to get. So I really didn't even need to do it but i thought like it was going to jump start me into my new life it was like one of those like in the movie where they be like just one more job and i'm out of it <laughs> that's what that shit was for me i was like i just need one more i just need one more score i'm i can walk away but that shit didn't even turn out and it, like it usually don't nothing ever turn out how i usually plan it that's just how my life goes like but, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. That's, 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 them, that's the story. That's the story of, what, four years, I guess, four years of trapping. Uh, it's a very exciting life. It got a lot of draws, money, women, uh, trips, doing uh, doing what you want to do when you want to do it having money at all times that's one thing I still that's fucking me up to this day like I'm just so used to having a like money at any time like because if you when you sell green like even if you don't have no money you got money if that makes sense like you might the money not might be yours it might be on cosign or like but money is always Somebody going to call you within that day, and they going to have $10 or $20 for you. So, it ain't really nothing to go for broke. I could go for broke, but if I need to do something, I'm going to have the cash to to do it, even though it may not be, like, the best to spend that cash. And I got a good name, so I could always go back to my guy and be like, look, I'm a hundred short. I'm going to get it back to you. And they'd be like, all right, that's cool. But, yeah, um... I still don't... I'm still having problems with, like, handling money. So I'm so used to, like, getting so much of it and, and being able to, like, get it the next day. If not, like, always having it on a constant basis. Uh, I'm still trying to address that shit. And it's been a year. Like, getting money every day and getting money, like, <laughs> every two weeks, <laughs> that shit is hard, bro. <laughs> For real, it's so hard to adjust to, like, that shit still be blowing me to this day. But, uh, yeah, man, that's that's my story. I hope you can learn something from it. Uh, I want to tell people right now that in four years of drug dealing, um, my credit was as I was never really able to, to get the things that I wanted And uh, ever since I've been in civilian life, all those things has changed for me. My credit went up. Um, I got the car I wanted. I'm still able to do all the things that I was doing while I was selling drugs. just a little bit harder, but I'm still able to do it. (laughs) It's just just, not as immediate. Um, So I just encourage people to, man... uh, um, To, try to figure it out before you take the easy route. Because that is the easy route. Um, and that's all I got, man. This is the Take or Leave Your Podcast starring your boy. I usually do this in the mornings. I got caught in the and shit today. I really didn't want to do it, honestly. Because um, I knew it was going to be a sad, sad podcast. And uh, I really didn't even get to talk about my guy. And, and uh... Remember him. I'm going to do that next podcast. So it's more sad stuff to come. But stick with me. Um, I'm out.